Welcome into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. We got a good show lined up for you today here with Asher Lowe, host of the Locked On Badgers podcast here on the network. Asher joins us usually on the Wednesdays, but he's filling in for Matt Sheehan, who's in vacation on a Friday today. He's going to help us continue to break down the upcoming weekend of Big Ten games. Of course, Maryland and Illinois tonight. We start off with that convo. Then ask Asher, what are the biggest things he's looking to see? this weekend and what are the biggest things we can learn from a wide wide slate of Big Ten games we ask Asher about all of it and it's a nice long conversation that we'll get into in just a moment I'll take a quick break then we'll dive right into it right here on Locked On Big Ten if you've listened to Locked On podcasts you already know about Built Bar it's the best tasting protein bar out there with all of the nutrients that you're looking for out of your protein supplements. We're talking about less than 200 calories in every single bar while using 100% chocolate, outstanding, great flavors. They just sent over, actually, some new Built Bars, Cookie Dough Chunk. It's just delicious, just like a lot of the stuff the Built Bar puts out. But they've got so much unique stuff that you're going to find something like maybe Cookie Dough Chunk, if you just heard it now, that is really going to tick off in your head. You're going to want to go try this stuff out. And when you do, we ask that you use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off the order. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. As we wrap up our week of shows here and get into the next week of Big Ten football games, we'll start off here with our, normally Wednesday, I was going to say co-host here with us on a Friday, Asher Lowe of Locked On Badgers. Asher, thanks for joining us here out of turn and filling in for Matt Sheehan, who's on vacation. And also, let's talk a little bit about Maryland-Illinois here. Two teams with a lot to prove still. Maryland's looking like they could be really good. Illinois is trying to prove to us that they're not actually really bad. Maybe they're trying to prove that they can be the team that beat Nebraska on this field a few weeks ago. But what are you seeing just in general going into this game tonight? Well, obviously, I think the big thing for Illinois is Brandon Peters coming back. And the guy that was supposed to be your starter heading into the year, dealt with some injury issues in that opener. Uh, Sitkowski comes in, who's I feel like has played for every Big Ten team, like in, in a different year. I feel like he's on a different Big Ten team every other year. But uh, he he comes in, played pretty well, honestly, given the circumstances. Yeah. I, I'd give him a, a passing grade for sure. Uh, I thought he did a good job filling in. But Brandon Peters was supposed to be the guy for Brett Bielema coming into this year. You get him back, probably, uh, expected to get him back in full, and he should be normal, ready to go. Uh, and so that's obviously the big story is how does he look? Is he completely healthy? And can he lead the Illinois offense to places that Bielema wanted it to go uh, with his starting quarterback at the helm? Yeah, the, I mean, the Illinois defense has plenty to work on, too, but that's definitely something to look for in this matchup today. Of course, Brandon Peters coming back after, again, it, it was a backup, as you remember, Sikowski, who led Illinois to that win over Nebraska. So, again, he, as you said, he was more than serviceable and under center, but it was just right off the bat, not who Brett Bielema thought he was going to have at the most important position in the sport. So, We'll see what ends up happening now with Peters back there. Again, as you said, it's assumed that he's going to be there here, at least at the time that we're recording here on Friday morning. But that's one storyline to look at. On the other side, though, 
Talia Tungvaloa is trying to make himself among the names in the Big Ten that we really need to start talking about at quarterback, that position. He's been outstanding to start the season, but Maryland really just hasn't played anyone yet. This is its first test of the year. It's on the road in Illinois. It's a game that maybe normally you would say Maryland still shouldn't have any problem with, but you start to think just again about what Nebraska did a few weeks ago in Illinois, and there's a lot of parallels that are starting to line up. It seems like, though, in my head, Maryland could easily pass this test. Yeah, I think I do think, though, that West Virginia is a better football team than Illinois, a much better football team. Uh, and Maryland beat them at home, yes. And that's a very different thing, going on the road versus playing at home in college football, just night and day. Probably the biggest home-away difference, I'd say, in sports, maybe, uh, honestly, when you have a full rocking crowd. And, like, like, I don't think – Illinois goes into Nebraska and beats them in any way, shape, or form this year. But because that game was at Illinois, I think that gave them a huge lift right off the bat. Game one of the season, starting things off. Maryland kind of had that lift as well against the West Virginia team. That that was a very impressive win. Like, West Virginia is going to be better than Illinois is this year as the year progresses. And this might be a tougher game, but that was a better team they played. And they passed that test pretty well, especially offensively. And you said it, Talia Tagovailoa, a guy that we thought coming into the year would – be similar to the player he was last year. He's at a whole different level through two games. Uh, he's uh, obviously has some good uh, targets to, to look at. His running game has been good. Dante Demas, Raheem Jarrett have been really good uh, as, as two guys that both eclipsed 100 yards receiving in that West Virginia game. Uh, Tyon Fleet Davis has been pretty impressive to me. Doing my, uh, I was doing a Big Ten rushing leaders piece over at Badgers Wire, and I was surprised to see him so far up the list. But they've been able to run the ball effectively, and that just – opens up everything for Tagovailoa. And then, like I said, those one-two, that one-two punch at receiver with Demas and Jared, they have all the pieces to be one of the best offenses in the conference. The question for them is probably more on the defensive side of the ball. And that's where, like, I can't look at a, a zero they put up against Howard on the defensive side and, and really take that seriously. You know what I mean? Like, I, and no disrespect to Howard. It's just, yeah. I just can't fully take that seriously when you're going to play in Iowa when you're going to play in Ohio State, a Minnesota on the road. Like, those are the games where we'll see if the defense is up to par. Right. It's, I mean, I think it's pretty clear Maryland's a better team here. But, like, uh, like for instance, lines at, like, a, a touchdown seven and a half right now, depending on where you look at it. A lot of people are saying, like, Illinois is the smart money pick. But all, all the reasons for those Illinois picks coming in have been it's a home game. It's Maryland's first Big Ten game. It's their first big test of the season. Everyone who's said that, like, maybe these guys will play a game similar to what it is on paper, if that happens, it's Maryland's win. Easily Maryland's win. And I, I think, think it's a better – who do you think is a better offense right now, UTSA or Maryland? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. Who do you think is a better that... offense right now, Nebraska or Maryland? It's mm -hmm. Maryland. In, bo in both cases, it's Maryland. Heck, I, I mean, there's a debate that there are probably, eh, I don't know, Virginia, Virginia's pretty good this year. I think they're going to be solid as yep. the year progresses. But uh, there's a debate that Maryland's offense is certainly better than Virginia. So this could be the best offense that Illinois has played so far. And they give up 37 at home to UTSA, a very good UTSA team, but not as explosive as this Maryland offense at all. And they give up 42 to Virginia on the road. They're going to give up 40 plus tonight. And I don't know if they cover the spread because I don't think I don't trust Maryland's off or Illinois offense, sorry, to put up 35. They could, but I don't, I don't really trust it to happen. I think this is more of a 42, 24 type of score. 
Yeah, I, I think really what I said before is what it all boils down to for me. If you're making the argument for Illinois, and I still might even say if I was talking about the betting line, I think Illinois plus seven and a half maybe is a better pick. There's plenty of ways that this game ends up close at the end. But if you're talking about Illinois' side in this matchup, it's, again, the game's in Champaign. It's that Maryland could be caught off guard. Anything as far as just like the straight-up skills on the football field goes, nobody's arguing that the Terps are the better team out there. And I, I think, I don't think at least a few weeks into the season, we're going to see the same slip-ups that we saw in a week zero matchup against Nebraska. But we'll see what ends up happening, of course, on a Friday night. It's a Friday game. Anything can happen here in the Big Ten. Well, we've got all sorts of other games throughout the weekend to get to. Again, Maryland, Illinois, just the one that's on here when we're talking to you today. Asher is going to join us again here for another segment to talk about just everything that's happening because it's a whole lot, as we discussed yesterday with Isaiah Hole, of big non-conference matchups. What are the biggest things for you to be looking at? We'll discuss it with Asher Lowe of Locked On Badgers here on Locked On Big Ten in just a minute. Another one of the longtime sponsors helping us at Locked On Podcasts is Bet Online. And they're not just helping us out, they help you out too with great chances to get some free money to play with. We'll tell you about more of them, of course, in just a second. Bet Online is back and better than ever for this football season. They've totally redone the website. If you've been to betonline.ag before, check it out again if you have not been as of late because they revamped everything, got all sorts of new bets and props that you can put out there as well the important stuff's new too but it just looks a whole lot nicer as well and it's a whole lot better to just go through so head on over to betonline.ag of course if you make an account use our promo code locked on and right now you can get a 100 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's anything you put in just matched by bet online and added on into your account just by letting them know that we sent you here at locked on it's a little way to help us, a little way to help you, thanks to the people at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on Locked On Big Ten, alongside our normally Wednesday co-host, Asher Love, Locked On Badgers, here joining us on a Friday in place of Matt Sheehan, who's on vacation. We're talking about all the games going on this weekend, of course, as we wrap up our week of shows today. Asher in to try and break down in what's going to be a big weekend of non-conference games, Asher what the people need to be looking at most. So I, I guess I'll start really, really big with the first question then. What is the matchup that you're looking at most? Because for some people it may be obvious, but I think there's a few different games here that have intrigue as far as trying to figure out who exactly is who in the identities of teams in the Big Ten. I think it's definitely Cincinnati, Indiana for me. I think Indiana has the most to prove, but we also have the most to learn about Indiana this week. I think that that Iowa game was fluky in some ways. Yeah, they got beat badly. So usually when you talk about a fluky game, it's like, okay, you lost by a touchdown. You had two weird fumbles, whatever. Sounds like the Wisconsin-Penn State game. But no, this was this was a, a demolition by Iowa. Yet it was 14-0 quickly. I think that took a lot of the wind out of the sails. That took away a lot of what Indiana had been talking about for weeks leading into that game probably that it was 14-0 within five minutes. And they never really recovered. Michael Penix never recovered. He also didn't look awesome against Idaho. Didn't have to. Didn't do a ton. Uh, didn't throw the ball a bunch. Really, Indiana just ran them over with Stephen Carr. And uh, Tuttle even came in and threw a touchdown. But I'm sure that'll get Indiana fans talking. But uh, So we haven't learned much. 
beyond that Iowa game, we haven't learned much. And this is their golden opportunity to bounce back in a huge way, playing a team probably on the same level, I'd say, as Iowa, arguably a little worse, arguably a little better, depending on who you ask. Uh, this Cincinnati team has been there, done that. They were a team that were undefeated for la all of last year, a team that people thought were possibly worthy of a playoff bid, if you ask certain people, people that kind of hate, you know, power five, big time football, the way it all works. But Desmond Ritter's back. Uh, so you bring your, your quarterback back, a defense that dominated really good offenses last year uh, at times, and a team that's allowed 21 points in two weeks, yes, to lesser opponents. So we also haven't learned a ton about them this year. I know they're not a Big Ten team, but we also haven't learned a ton about them. So I think this is a fascinating game. You get them at home if you're Indiana. Uh, Penix has a golden opportunity to bounce back after the worst game of his career uh, against Iowa in a huge opener. He has a golden opportunity to bounce back here. He has the weapons to do it, as we've talked about leading into this season. Uh, Ty Freifogel, Hendershot, Miles Marshall doesn't really get better in terms of weapons in the Big Ten, I'd say, outside of Ohio State's weapons on the outside. It doesn't really get better than that. And you get him at, at home in Bloomington. It's going to be massive. It's the 9 a.m. for me, big noon kickoff for some game. So that's become the new primetime slot, and there's a reason it's in that slot. We're going to learn what Indiana is this week. I agree. Indiana is one of those teams that one needs to kind of figure out exactly what it is, as well as letting us know a little bit more about what it's going to be. But also as a team that just with so much momentum that it had going into the season could really use just a, a competitive game here against a really good team to try and get some of that back going into Big Ten play. I think that's one of the big themes of the week, though, overall, Asher, is that we're going to learn a lot about teams this weekend. I mean, just tonight, I think both Maryland and Illinois will learn a lot about. Is Maryland a legit team in the Big Ten? Maybe not like top, top, but like if you're going to be a big team in the good team in the Big Ten, it doesn't matter that you're going on the road. First Big Ten team, you're that much better than this Illinois team that you should be able to handle them pretty easily. If you're an Illinois team, you're trying to prove, hey, we're not going to be that bottom of the barrel squad in the conference. We are going to be able to fight like we did against Nebraska at home against a team that's presumed to be pretty good. But if you're asking me about what team I think I need to learn the most about this weekend and maybe even the team that has the most to gain by getting a big win, it might be Michigan State on the road at Miami. This team is undefeated now in that receiving votes category in the top 25 polls, so starting to get some attention. And also, I just kind of like Mel Tucker. I want that team to be good. So I want to see them compete against Miami. I said it yesterday with Isaiah. I think if Michigan State can compete here, they show to me that they can be a team that plays a spoiler at some point in the Big Ten Conference. Michigan State's looked good, but they haven't proven to me any sort of way that they could do that against the top team in this conference. If they can play with Miami, I think they can at least say that they could play on any given Saturday with any team in the Big Ten. But Michigan State may be my team that has to, we have the most to learn about and maybe also kind of has the most to gain here this weekend. That's the game that I'm watching over everything else, Asher. Yeah, no, I think that is an interesting game to watch. And Miami has struggled through two weeks to a one-on-one -on -one record. Obviously, I think the Alabama game is like, I mean, that's what every team in the country would look like against Alabama, bar maybe two or three right now. I honestly yeah. believe they're that much better than everybody else right now. But the App State game, App State, a notorious Power 5 killer, as we know, in the Big Ten. But 
they really struggled. Uh, De'Eric King hasn't really lived up to the billing yet uh, as one of the better quarterbacks in the country as a dynamic dual threat guy. And this is also his chance to break out against a good team, a good Michigan State team. I think Miami wins this game. Uh, I don't think I've learned a ton. I agree. I don't think I've learned a ton from the two weeks yeah. that Michigan State's played. Northwestern's not good. They won't be good this year. They might lose to Duke. They probably won't, but they might. Uh, they're not going to be a good football team this year. They're going to win four games, maybe three. Uh, like, like they're going to really struggle once conference play yeah. resumes. They should probably win the next two weeks. But after that, I don't really know who they're beating, to be honest. Uh, maybe Purdue at home. Who knows? So that win, and yeah, Kenneth Walker went nuts. But that win doesn't mean as much to me as it would in a different Northwestern year. Youngstown State, Peyton Thorne looked ridiculous. It's Youngstown State. So, I, I mean, we move on. We march. So, Miami, Florida, you get them at 9 tomorrow at big noon kickoff time tomorrow. Not the big noon kickoff game, though. But big noon kickoff time tomorrow. Yeah, it's their, it's their chance to, to show the world that they can stop a De'Eric King. They haven't played a guy like De'Eric King yet through two weeks. They haven't played an offense. And I think that's probably the, even the bigger question to me right now is can that defense slow down this Miami offense? They'll score some points. Like Kenneth Walker is really good. Peyton Thorne's better than we thought he was coming into the year. How good is he? I don't think we really know that yet, but he was in a quarterback battle. I mean, coming into the year, so we didn't even know if he'd be the starter. And now he's not only the starter, he was like one of the best quarterbacks in the conference through two weeks. Uh, obviously that is largely opponent driven in some ways mm -hmm. though. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that Northwestern team not being able to be very good. Um, you also brought up a Purdue team against Notre Dame on the road that's still only a touchdown underdog that probably has something to do with what Notre Dame did last week but that might be like my candidate for Big Ten team most likely to get exposed this week after what they've had to start the season which again has been good enough for Purdue but I, I want to ask you before we let you go Asher just in all the games that we have this week it's a wide non-conference slate. So like this, I, I didn't count them up exactly how many games there are like involving big 10 teams, but it might be like the most all season. I think it's every single one except us are playing us being right. Of course. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, and it's every team playing like a, a non-conference game too. There's the only one, I think big 10 matchup. So it's like actual number of games is big, big too. So anyway, as far as like what everyone's going to be watching, we already know. Is there anything under the radar that you think people should be looking out for, whether it's just one of these less notable games with the big team playing a lesser team, or even just something in the big game that may not be what's at the spotlight. You know, Tulsa is not as terrible as people think. Oh, okay. They're not, they're not, they're not as terrible as that name would tell you. They probably should have <laughs> beaten Oklahoma state last week. Right. Yeah. To be honest, like they, they led for a majority of that game and they're not going to beat Ohio state, but Ohio state doesn't need to win. They need to come out and be up 28, nothing after the first quarter. And I just don't know if that's going to happen against the Tulsa team that they lost to UC Davis guys. So like, I understand you're like, what are you talking about Asher? But I watched them that Oklahoma state game and their defense is really good. And that's not a bad Oklahoma state offense. Spencer Sanders is a good QB. Uh, they lost obviously Chuba Hubbard, but it's not a bad offense. They are well coached. They play really good defense. I don't know if Ohio State's just going to be able to be up, you know, 28 nothing after 20 minutes of game action. Might be a little bit of a slower start for them. They'll win the game easily, but I think fans would go nuts if that game is like 7 nothing in the second quarter. You know what I mean? Like if that right. game's even remotely yeah. 
close in the first half, people are going to be going nuts about Ohio State. So I think Ohio State has to come out and dominate. I'm not confident they will. They'll win the game by two touchdowns, three touchdowns, whatever it is. But I'm not confident it'll be, say, over in five minutes. Yeah, I think Ohio State fans took the loss pretty well, to be honest. But a lot of that, I think, was based on the fact that they know that the Buckeyes still control the Big Ten. It was not a conference loss, of course. So everything still runs through them, and some other team's going to have to beat them. And I think also they're pretty confident that if they were to be a Big Ten champion with one loss at the end of the year, they're still in the college football playoff. But maybe more so something that could sound off those alarms is exactly what you're saying, not looking absolutely perfect here against Tulsa this week could have people a little bit hectic over there in Columbus, but we'll see what happens. Asher, thanks for joining us here on a Friday and filling in with us. We'll have you back here on Wednesday at your normal time slot to talk to us here on Locked On Big Ten. Your Badgers have the weekend off, though. What are you What are you going to be doing here? Is you have a little bit of time off get to relax a little bit? Yeah, I'm, I'm moving. Uh, I'm moving into new apartment. So I've been I've been moving the last week. I'll be moving this weekend. Uh, I work at Pepperdine doing PA announcing, so I'll be doing that on Saturday. I got a couple water polo games, a couple soccer games this weekend to do for Pepperdine, and I'll be obviously watching football, as as we all should be. Yeah, it, I guess not an entirely stress free weekend for you moving but yeah you mentioned before 9 a.m start time three over in that west coast lifestyle he'll be back with us on wednesday to go over everything that happens great by oh. the way 9 a.m start time 10 a.m start time on sunday too so underrated so good i agree i agree 100 i would be if it was only for watching sports on that time zone 100 of the time and it, of course the california isn't bad either but again We'll have you back here on Wednesday, Asher, to talk about who knows more of that, probably more of what happens this weekend in Big Ten sports and throughout the start of the week, too. And, of course, we're here every weekday with a different co-host going over everything you need to know in the conference. Until next week, this has been Locked On Big Ten. Asher, before we let you go, be sure to remind people where they can get in touch with your stuff and, of course, the show at Locked On Badgers. Yeah, at AOW underscore 33 on Twitter, at Locked On Badgers on Twitter. And, of course, Locked On Badgers, wherever you find your podcast here at the Locked On Podcast Network and BadgersWire.com, writing about it's going to be a big week, obviously, there, big week at Locked On Badgers as we lead up to Notre Dame next week. So, yeah, it's a bye week, but biggest game of the season probably in terms of storylines looming. The show Twitter is at Locked On Big Ten. That's one zero, not T-E-N. I am at Nate with Sports. Be sure to follow, subscribe, review five stars, both Locked On Big Ten and Locked On Badgers, wherever you listen. We'll talk to you next week. Hopefully you'll have a great time watching Big Ten football this weekend.